Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on July 19th, 2023. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we thank you for the many blessings and admit that sometimes we take them for granted. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew us with your love. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. All right, part of our Sunday morning service, uh, part of our liturgy, if you will, is a preface. And the preface is read just prior to our communion. And I want to read that, but before I do, I want to... uh, give you a definition of the word duty, D-U-T-Y, is a moral or legal obligation, and then a definition of obligation, a debt of gratitude. And I'll give you another definition of obligation just a little later on. So what is our duty and or our obligation to our Creator God? You ever pondered that? What's What's our duty and or our obligation to God? I'm going to read the preface now. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. What does that thanks and that praise look like, that we have the right and the duty? What's it look like? Sometimes it can seem like there's a tension between duty and desire. It really boils down to service. And I'm talking about service to others. You've heard the term before, he or she really has a servant's heart. It is God's will that we all have a servant's heart. How do you serve God? You serve God by serving others. And you remember in the parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Matthew 25, 40. When you do something that makes someone else's life better in some way, you're serving God. Some people serve out of guilt, duty, or pressure, but God wants you to serve out of gratitude for what he's done for you, what he's done for you, what he's done for me, what he continues to do for us. He made you, he saved you, and he's taken us to heaven. Gratitude is the best motivator to serve. And in one of Paul's letters, this particular one to the Romans, he speaks of obligation. And the Greek word for obligation means debtor. And debtor means someone who has the obligation of paying a debt. 
This reading is a little lengthy, but it's a, it's a wonderful reading. This can be found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 5 through 17. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and, his co and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Let's take a look to see what the Bible has to say about serving. <clears throat> and these five points I'm going to share with you actually came from a blog post written by Rick Warren. And Rick Warren also, he wrote a lot of books, but he, one I read in the past is A Purpose-Driven Life. And point number one, serving is one of your life purposes. Mark 8.35 says, Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it really, what it means to really live. Until you learn how to serve, you're not really living. You're just existing. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give away. Point number two, serving makes you more like Jesus. If that is a true statement, and I certainly believe it is, we are becoming more like Jesus through service to others. And God is certainly going to look favorably on us. More than once, God said that Jesus was his son, and he was well pleased with him. Matthew twenty twenty eight says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
If you don't learn how to serve others, you will never grow to spiritual maturity. In fact, you'll be a spiritual baby your entire life. Next, serving is the highest use of your time. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Not partly, but fully. If you want to make an impact and leave a legacy, the highest use of your time is to serve God by serving others. Your service to the Lord is never wasted. Next, serving is the secret to greatness. Matthew 20, 26 says, If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. True greatness comes from servanthood, not from living for yourself. The greatest leaders are those who serve the most. And finally, serving will be rewarded in heaven. Jesus said in Mark 10, 29-30, I can guarantee this truth. Anyone who gave up anything because of me and the good news will certainly receive a hundred times as much. You know, ultimately, the real boss is Jesus, and he will reward you one day for everything you've done for him. That's a guarantee. How passionate are you about serving God? Could your enthusiasm use a boost? God wants you to think differently about serving and to never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And that was Romans chapter 12, verse 11. To do a righteous act purely from a sense of obligation, because it is the right thing to do, is not morally superior to performing the same act with a deep sense of desire and gladness. On the other hand, we Christians, far from setting duty and desire at odds, instead bring them together by insisting that we are obligated to delight in God. Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. We are called and commanded to desire God, to treasure God, to want God, and to find our highest joy in God. I'd like to close today with a recent reflection that I found very touching. And I think it's a wonderful example of someone as well as an organization that exhibited a servant's heart. In the not-too-distant past, Laurel forwarded an email to me, and I want to read a portion of it to set the stage for my reflection. Laurel's retirement lunch will take place on Thursday, July 20th in the Columbia office. It's going to be a great opportunity to express our gratitude for Laurel's hard work and to celebrate her many achievements over the past 34 years. In lieu of traditional retirement gifts, Laurel has made a heartfelt request. She would like us to come together and support our teammate and co-worker, Keisha, who has been going through a difficult time this past year. Instead of individual gifts for Laurel, she requested that we contribute toward a surprise gift card for Keisha. We will collect the funds and purchase a gift card on behalf of the Columbia office and the benefits team. Now, I was honored to be invited to the retirement luncheon for Laurel. 
Everyone enjoyed a wonderful lunch, wonderful fellowship. There was a lot of reminiscing. <clears throat> and then Laura was asked to say a few words. And when she did, one of the first things she said was, to be in the insurance benefits business, you almost have to have a servant's heart. And she really wasn't talking about herself. She was thanking her coworkers for having servants' hearts. She received many nice retirement cards with wonderful notes on them. And then she also received a, a thick envelope that she gave to Keisha. And in the envelope was well over, it was gift cards worth well over $1,000. Keisha was visibly touched and emotionally overwhelmed. And when she gathered herself, she said she wanted to say a few words. To say you could have heard a pin drop when she started speaking is, is an understatement. She shared with everyone in the conference room that day what a difficult time she had had over the past year and how much it meant to her that everyone was willing to and wanted to help support her financially and emotionally. To hear her describe what she went through over the last year, I can describe it in no other way that it sounded like it was a living hell for her. She did say her faith was tested, and she wondered if God had abandoned her. Then she quickly said she was reminded every day that she came to work that God had not abandoned her because she saw God in and through Laurel and her co-workers with their kind comments and genuine loving care. She said she felt like giving up, but knowing that she could come to work in an environment where her co-workers had servants' hearts, and that let her know that God was still in her life and working in and through Laurel and her co-workers. As I sat and listened to her talk, and I'm not going to lie to you, I had a little water running down my cheek. I could not help but think about what had happened, and it was such a wonderful example of giving. Thanks, and praise to God in and through service to others. Thanks be to God for all who have servants' hearts. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, please give us the strength and the desire to give our thanks and praise to you through service to others. We thank you for the Spirit of Jesus that dwells in us and renews us, equips us, and prepares us to delight in the act of service to others, to show our gratitude to you for all you have done and are doing for us. We lift up this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.